Welcome to the Global Venturing Review podcast, which covers the main venture stories from the past week from our publications, Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing, and Global Impact Venturing. Hi all, and welcome back to our podcast after the summer break. This is Alessia Argentieri, Council Reports Editor, and today I will bring you a summary of the most exciting news of the past week with our senior reporter, Fernando Moncada Rivera. Hi, Fernando. Hi, Alessia, and, and hi, everyone. Very happy to be here, and you are absolutely right. We've had some very interesting deals this week across different sectors, spanning from cybersecurity to digital banking, and even fashion, of all things. Yes, the market seems um, to be moving at a faster pace after the summer break. Let's start with a very interesting deal in the digital payment sector, the acquisition of Japanese consumer finance service Payday, which was bought by digital payment processor PayPal, one of its shareholders, for about $2.7 billion. Payday provides a buy now, pay later service that allows customers to make instant credit purchases that can be paid back on a monthly basis. And PayPal intends to use the acquisition to strengthen its capabilities and presence in the domestic payments market in Japan. Following the close of the deal, Payday will continue to operate under the leadership of uh, its founder and executive chairman, Russell Kammer, and its president and CEO, Riku Suji. So, well, the digital payment sector has been very active and strong, especially after the pandemic, uh, with several attractive opportunities for corporate investors, and we've seen uh, numerous uh, large rounds. That's right, yeah. Last week, Barrow Bank, the US-based digital bank that counts automotive insurance provider Progressive as a backer, raised $510 million in a round led by investment manager Lone Pine Capital. Declaration partners Eldridge, Marshall Waste, Berkshire Partners Stockbridge Unit, and funds and accounts managed by BlackRock took part in the round, as did Gallatin Point Capital, Harborvest Partners, TPG's The Rice Fund, and Warburg Pincus. It valued the company at $2.5 billion, according to Reuters. Varro provides digital banking services without a minimum balance requirement or the overdraft fees associated with traditional banks, which many people listening will be familiar with. It also offers additional banking products, including automatic savings schemes and short-term loans of up to $100 million. Another very large round last week was raised in the cybersecurity sector by British cybersecurity technology developer SNCC which collected $530 million in a Series F round at a valuation of $8.5 billion. The injection consisted of $300 million in new money and $230 million in secondary funding. The round featured project management technology provider Atlassian, chemical and energy group Hockey Industries, and enterprise software provider Salesforce. It was co-led by asset manager Sands Capital and investment firm Tiger Global Management, and also included Axel, BlackRock, and Temasek, among others. SNCC has built a cloud-based IT security software tool called Developer Security Platform, which helps app developers create safer products and is used by more than 1,000 organizations, including Google and Salesforce. Let's move now to China for another large round. Chinese semiconductor wafer manufacturer Ferrotech has received $511 million in a Series B round featuring communications equipment producer Yangtze Optical FC. State-owned investor Capital Operation co-led the round with Sunet Capital, 
and it included BOCOM International Holdings and CCB International on behalf of financial services firms, Bank of Communications, and China Construction Bank. SDIC Chuangyi, a subsidiary of State Development and Investment Corp, SDIC, also took part in the round, as did FTZ Fund, China SME Development Fund, Orient Securities Capital Investment, and China International Capital Corporation's CICC Capital Unit. Ferrotech produces semiconductors, automotive electronics, medical devices, and other industrial equipment and components. It plans to use the funding to reach a monthly production capacity of 200,000 12-inch silicon wafers by the end of next year, 2022. Let's now take a glance at one of the most interesting crossover deals of the week, a $312 million round for Spiber, a Japanese producer of synthetic silk, which took the company's valuation to $1.2 billion. You covered the story this week, Fernando. Can you tell us more about this round? Yes, absolutely. The, the round featured investment in financial services group Fidelity and was led by private equity firm Carlyle, which led it through its Carlyle Japan Partners Fund and was joined by Cool Japan Fund and Bailey Gifford. The company was initially spun out of Keio University and enjoys the backing of a host of corporates, including insurance company Daichi Life, automotive components manufacturer Toyota Boshuko, food processor and commodities trader ADM, industrial machine manufacturer Ibarra, and textile trading company Toyoshima. Spiber makes synthetic materials like silk in a sustainable way out of plant biomass, using its brewed protein technology without the need of spiders or, or the silkworms that are usually required to make silk, and it will use the newly raised capital to speed up its expansion and its commercialization plans. It also wants to use brewed protein as a substitute for other materials like wool, cashmere, fur, and even leather, really, which I, I didn't even know that, you know, you could use fibers to make leather, but there you go. It's, it's really putting itself in, in a very good position to capitalize on the growing demand for sustainable fashion and, and for sustainable textiles. Every year, seemingly, we're seeing more pushback on, on practices within the fashion industry, like the destruction of stock, for example, or, or you know, more focus being placed on supply chains. And to have a synthetic product that can be sourced without animal or petroleum-based inputs is set to become a potentially very lucrative proposition going forward. And we've seen other recent examples of companies trying to tackle this issue in the garment industry. For example, Petit Pli, which was spun out of Imperial College London, makes clothes that expand bidirectionally, which is another way of saying that the clothes grow along with the person wearing them, making them ideal for, for children. And Anyone who's ever bought clothes for kids will know how quickly they outgrow them. As an uncle of young kids myself, I've learned to enjoy the two or three pictures I get sent of them wearing something I bought them before they're no longer useful. So that, that'll definitely have a market waiting for it. And not only is Petit Please product far longer lasting than normal kids' clothes, but it's also made more sustainably using plastic bottles that are then turned into fibers. So there's a massive growing market for sustainability in materials that is ripe for investment and innovation. Absolutely. And changes in uh, customers' behavior and the different mindset are emerging in the fashion industry and are paving the way for the development of a more sustainable apparel business model and global ecosystem, while also at the same time offering very promising investment opportunities to venture and corporate venture investors. And that's very exciting. Let's now take a quick look at the fundraising stories of the past week. Germany-based car manufacturer Volkswagen is planning to set up a 300 million euros venture capital fund that will focus on startup companies and decarbonization projects. Volkswagen is not the first German automaker to have launched a venture fund over the past few months. 
Last July, BMW announced its own 300 million euro fund called iVentures to invest in sustainable technologies for transportation, manufacturing and supply chains. Yeah, and it's a really great example of how German industry is really ahead of the curve in terms of sustainability and is very much leading the way in Europe in, in fostering innovation in that space. You'd be hard-pressed to find many other markets outside of perhaps Scandinavia that are putting as much emphasis on it. And elsewhere, within the past year, if we rewind to December 2020, Daimler, another Germany-based carmaker, spun off its own innovation unit, 1886 Ventures, which was described as the innovation forge for Mercedes-Benz, itself, of course, a subsidiary of Daimler. And Daimler retained a 10% stake in 1886 Ventures following that spin-out. Oh, that's very interesting. And we've got also some uh, interesting fundraising news from China, where Baidu Ventures, the corporate venturing arm of China-based internet company Baidu, has raised $400 million for its third fund. The fundraising has increased the unit's assets under management to over $700 million. The fund will primarily be used to invest in early-stage technology startups operating across the artificial intelligence technology-focused business sector. Baidu Ventures has already tapped the fund to complete several investments, including in Sing Standard, a developer of electric vehicle testing technology, and cancer drug and diagnostic technology developer Gene Plus. And now just briefly on to people, and we haven't had too much by way of appointments over the past week, but Sistema Asia Capital, the corporate venture capital vehicle for a diversified Russia-based conglomerate Sistema, has appointed Sampath Kumar P as senior partner ahead of the launch of its Sistema Asia Fund 2, for which the firm was reportedly seeking between $150 and $175 million as of October 2020. He will be involved in leading Fund 2's investments as well as managing portfolio companies of Fund 1. That's great. Thank you, Fernando. In addition to the news, if you have time for a longer feature, we have recently published a report on the femtech sector, which analyzes the main drivers behind investing in the female health space and the most interesting trends across this industry. And now a quick reminder for our listeners, we have two great events coming up. Our summit in Monterey, California on the 29th of September and our London Symposium on the 3rd of November, which will be our 10th symposium and a wonderful opportunity to join business leaders from the corporate venturing and high-growth business ecosystem. I hope to see you all there. And that's all from us for today. These were just the main headlines of the week. For a full coverage of the market, make your way to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com, and globalimpactventuring.com to stay on top of the news as they happen. We hope you enjoyed our weekly review. And if this is your first episode, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And keep an ear out for next week's episode, which you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have been Alessia Argentieri and Fernando Moncada. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production, whose great work you can check out at inearproduction.com. And our intro music is by Kevin McCloyd and Creative Commons License. We'll be back next Monday with more news, so keep an ear out and have a great week.